Tom, aren't you going to start the introduction like you always do? I am, Frank. I'm doing it through telepathy. Well, do it through the microphone. Come on. Shh. Look, I just, I just know the audience is picking up my waves. I can feel it. Yeah, if you remain silent any longer, and the audience will be picking up their listings to see what else is on the radio. No, no. They're getting it. I can feel it. I can feel them picking it up. Oh, I can... oh this is Frank Atollo with Tom Savino, and welcome to Dead Air. Oh, telepathy. What's this? What, do you, what is this here? Oh, Come on. I tell you, Frank, you can really ruin a thought wave vibration. Well, we, we have a show to do here, Tom. I mean... But I'm doing it. I'm communicating through telepathy. I'm sending my thoughts out to the audience by way of alpha waves. I'm transcending verbal communication. I'm making a mess of this program by doing Frank, all this stuff here. Frank, Frank, but what's wrong with you? Oh, this is today, and telepathy is the communication of tomorrow. Then do it tomorrow when we're not on the air. But yeah, as for now, yeah. we got to get to this stuff here. Oh, you get me so mad, I'd like to. I heard I, that. It wasn't nice. But why? See? I... See, you heard it. And I didn't even say it. You picked up my wavelength and heard what I was thinking. Hmm. Well, does this have anything to do with uh, that hokey psychic that Short Don Rebel has on the show today? Well, Short Don will have this guest on right after this dead air break. Good evening. I'm Short Don Rebel. And our guest tonight is Yuri Melbert, world famous psychic who can, by the power of his own mind, move objects by just thinking and willing it. Hello, Mr. Melbert. Hello, Shotdan. It's very nice for you to have me here. Yuri, yeah. you moved the microphone. Could you talk into it so that all the people out there in Radioland can hear you? Oh, I'm sorry about that. I must have been thinking of it and moved it unconsciously. Okay. Now, you've done remarkable things with the power of will. Yes. When did you first realize that you could move objects by just thinking about them? Oh, I must have been 10, 12 when I moved my father's car out of the driveway without getting into it. That is remarkable indeed. An amazing feat. How did your father feel? Not too good. Uh, you see, the car hit a pedestrian on the way out of the driveway, and he sued my father. Well, what else have you moved in your early age? Well, one day my mother was talking about moving from Boston. We lived in Boston to North Dakota, and she asked all the kids in the family if we wanted to go. And, uh, well, I said I'd think about it. And then what? Well, I enjoyed North Dakota. It's a great place for a kid to grow up. It's nice. Well, how have you been using your power to help mankind? Whoops. So, sorry, Shrotan. I must have been thinking of this chair, and it sort of moved away from the desk here. Well, Yuri, you seem to have little control over this power. Whoops. Uh, I'm sorry. I seem to, uh, seem to have thought about the other microphone stand and mentally tipped it over. I'm sorry. Uh, I have complete control over... Uh, what's wrong, Yuri? Yuri, 
Oh, nothing. I was just thinking of going into the control room over there, and I guess I inadvertently moved myself there. As I was saying, uh, I have complete control over this power, but sometimes my mind wanders, you know? Uh, well, you know what, it, what happens with it. That's a really beautiful suit you have, Short Don. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you ripped my suit, Yuri. I'm so embarrassed. I, I guess I was thinking of how it would look on me, and, and by doing that, I, I moved it right off your body. How can I repay you? Well, it's about $127.50. That, that's one. Oh, well, I, I think uh, Well, that... please stop thinking for a moment, and let's get on with the interview. Now, since your powers seem to have a real positive effect, have you considered using them politically? Oh, I'd never do that, short Danya. I could never reign over a people. Uh, Yuri, did you have to think of rain? Well, I'm sorry. I meant the other rain, but I guess my mind was thinking of the similarity in the words, and that's what happened. It's tough, you know. Yeah, and now it's raining here in the studio, and I'll have to get out of here and change these clothes. Listen, Yuri, can you come back to our show some other time? Mm, take a rain check, so to speak. Yes, this is Shutdown Rebel. See you next time. Soak and wet. Well, what do you think? I think this mental stuff can be real dangerous. That's what oh, I think. Oh, listen, this Melbert fellow, he's just a little loose. Once little. he gets control of his power, why, he could... Uh... Rule the world. Oh, Frank. I don't understand what's going on. I'll get it. No, wait, wait. What's the matter? I feel vibrations. Tom, the doorbell. I gotta get... Wait, the... wait, I feel a, a deep sensation. Tom, the door's ringing. I gotta... Wait, wait. It's the mailman. It's the mailman. Oh, Well, well, mailman, aren't you going to tell me that whether it's raining, sleeting, snowing, or dark of night, that you'll carry on with your weary pride to bring me the mail like you always do? I didn't have to. You read my thoughts as I projected them. Oh, not you, too. Mr. Savino has been teaching me the finer points of mental suggestion. He's a regular... Mental case. You could put it that way. Give me the mailman. Why all the silence, guys? What's that? Uh, Tom is mentally telling you it's time for a dead-air break. Uh, Even the audience heard it, Frank. Oh, boy, this is too much. All right, here's a dead-air break. I'm sorry I didn't hear it. No, uh, I got the package you ordered. What's this? Oh, wow, this is great. It's an alpha translation machine that will prove to you, finally, I know what I'm talking about. A mail-order mental machine? Tom, you've been chiseled. It's a clear case of mail fraud. I'm Mike Solis, and this is 60 Seconds. Today, let's take a look at mail fraud. Every day, thousands of people are victims to mail fraud. Recent reports show that one out of every ten people are involved in mail fraud in one form or another. Federal laws state that a heavy penalty should be inflicted on all persons engaging in using the mail fraudulently. Personally, I see no reason why a person should be engaged if they're not going to be married, and why should penalties be put upon those who were unfortunate enough to be born into a sex they don't particularly like. Transvestites are not penalized for dressing up like women. There's no penalty for female fraud. 
then why can't women dress up like men without being prosecuted? People who want to stamp out male fraud are first-class idiots. The bulk of these certified nincompoops are registered as lawbreakers of the fair male law. I think we should ignore these critics of male fraud and live by the words of Rex Harrison, who once asked... Why can't a woman be more like a man? I'm Mike Sullis. This has been 60 Seconds. The preceding commentary does not necessarily reflect the opinion of this station, this show, the country, the PPA, the ASPCA, or John Carradine. Sir Carradine. There. It's completely constructed. You connect these little wires to your brow, mm. you sit back and think. The electrowaves in your brain are sent through this little condenser here, right. decoded and transferred to words that come out of that speaker over there. Uh, this one here? You mean to yeah. tell me that this thing translates into words what you are thinking? Yep. Now watch and listen. I, I absolutely hate the shirt you're wearing. See? See? Oh, that's what you were thinking. Yeah. Man. It's oh. ingenious, but uh Shh, shh. another thought. Frank, about the four dollars I owe you. I hope you'll forget about it. This thing is quite revealing about mm. what you're thinking. Yeah, I can't I have to control. Sorry, I slipped about that. Yeah, right? well, Tom, this thing's ridiculous. We got You're the only thing around here that's ridiculous. Me? Say, listen, you're in no position to think like that. Uh, uh fr Frank, I'm sorry. Listen, I can't get these wires off of my oh, head. Oh, they're here. stuck I there. Yeah, well, what's I, the hurry? You're afraid I may hear well, a sunken secret? Well, even if you think your shrunken brain couldn't comprehend it, <laughs> are you well, little? What is this here with this? Look, uh, could you get this off my, no, my no, head? No, 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 no. Yeah, wait, I'm gonna keep them on. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. I'm not finished picking your brain. At least I've got a brain to pick. What? That does it. Uh -oh. Get this thing out of here. Right. A whole bunch of what you're thinking. I didn't know the thoughts. You what you're thinking of. <clears throat> ah, the happiest comedy team in America will return after this dead air break. Welcome to another exciting adventure of Mel and Collie Baby, featuring Collie Baby the Wonder Dog, who not only reads, writes, and talks, but refuses to have her puppies paper-trained on anything else but the London Times. We now join Collie Baby and her pal and master, Mel Finkelstein, in another heartwarming adventure. Golly, 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 gosh, Collie Baby! This is the first time all summer we've come to a quiet county pool. And I can't wait to jump into that cool, clear water and start that water polo game with the rest of the kids. Mel. I admire your athletic prowess and your juvenile turbulence, but remember, I refuse to submit to favoritism in this Aquarian competition. I am flattered and honored that your cohorts have chosen me to referee this contest, but I won't accept anything less than complete compliance with the rules. Uh, yeah, Collie baby, just make sure we win. Hey, look, here comes Forest Ranger Jones, and he's all dressed up like a scuba diver. This just reeks of adventure time. Hello, how's it, folks? Oh, fine, Forest Ranger Jones. Hey, why are you dressed up like Lloyd Bridges? Well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to postpone your little game here, Mel, at least until I can search the depths of this pool. What in the name of Jack Cousteau could you expect to find in the timid waters of this pool? One of our law-abiding citizens in our quiet county 
called in an anonymous complaint this morning. So here I am, searching for the perpetrator. Uh, did this uh, law-abiding citizen register a complaint about an excess of chlorine in the water? Afraid it's a lot more serious than that, Collie baby. This is no ordinary criminal I'm looking for. It's a vicious, man-eating shark. You're looking for a saltwater marine predator in a pool? Well, the victim specifically said he was ripped off by a pool shark. So sorry you came to the pool, I see. Well, I figure it's the best place to start looking for a voracious pool shark. What an adventure! Sharks right smack in the middle of our quiet county pool? Say, Far Stranger Jones, is a victim still alive? Fortunately, he is, but I sure don't know how. He said he lost an arm and a leg to this critter. When did this so-called pool shark attack the victim? Well, he said it happened late last night in a dive. Well, let me set your mind at ease and prevent you from wasting further time in your endeavor to apprehend your vicious pool shark. What do you mean by that, Collie baby? Your anonymous victim is no doubt Norm Shaky Hand Jarvis, who is the worst pocket billiard player this side of the county line. You mean he was talking about that kind of pool? Say, didn't you shoot pool last night, Collie baby? Ashamedly so, Mel. And look no further than two feet in front of you for your pool shark. After much coercion by Mr. Jarvis, I reluctantly agreed to compete in a game of pocket billiards with him, knowing full well that he would lose an arm and a leg, as he so aptly put it. should have got the cue. <laughs> Be with us next time for another exciting adventure with Mel and Collie Baby. Hey guys, Frank, Tom, I- I've got the shots all lined up, but, but there's no one here. No, oh, here we are, we're, we're here. here. Yeah, come on, we're over here. Oh, great. Gee, guys, when I call a two-shot, there ought to be two there to shoot. Look, Dusty, we're doing a radio show, not a TV show. Mm. Now, your camera could take still-life shots of our desk for all I care. A TV cameraman. I should worry about TV pictures on a radio show. Uh, at least uh, I'm not the only person you're, you're mad at. Yeah, well, now that, uh, now that we've straightened this all out, almost, between us two, let's get to another dead air break so we can continue the show. Buy a machine that translates thoughts into words. I mean, it's absurd. After all, isn't that what your brain does naturally when you talk? Gee, I never thought of that. See what I mean? You've got a four million track mind. Hmm. This cockamamie machine is a G.I.P. A $400 G.I.P. is hard to take. $400? Without tax. Do you have the company's name? Yeah. Wait, it's here on the bill. United Industrial Mental Machines yeah. Company? That's it, that's it. Well, look, there's, there's a telephone number here. Yeah. Okay, Tom, look, I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to call them and try and get your money back.
United Industrial Mental Machines. Oh, hello. I'd like to talk to someone from sales, please. A salesman? No, no, no. Make it the head of sales. Hold on. United Industrial Mental Machines. Hello, is this sales? No, I'm the receptionist. Who do you want? I, I told you to get me the head of sales. That's extension 205. Hold on. Boy, what channels. Mm, I know, yeah. Hello? Head of sales is on another line. Do you wish to wait? How long? It's according to what you want. Is, uh, is this a social call? No, no, it's a complaint call. In that case, he'll be on the other line for about an hour. Uh, all right, then. It's a social call. Do you know the head of sales? Of course not. Then how can you be calling him socially? All right, forget about the head of sales. Listen, give me the president. That's Washington. I can't connect you. Not the president of the United States. The president of your company. Business or social? What's his name? Mr. Robert Antonio Marshall B. Klempenstepper. Oh, good old Cleppy. Hey, get me Cleppy. You learn fast, sir. Hold on. R.E.M.B. Klempenstepper. Oh, hi. My name is Frank Catolo. My partner, Tom Savino, ordered one of your machines through the mail, and it's a total ripoff. Now, he demands his money back. Is the refund over $25.80? Well, of course. It's more like $400. That's impossible. Can't do it. Why not? We only have $25.80 in the bank account. Do you want a rubber check? Listen, what kind of outfit do you have? Well, now it's a blue suede with a vest handmade, about 400 bucks. No, 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 listen, listen, I've, I've got a few words for you guys. Uh, you want to make it fast, buddy? We're, we're going out of business in about three minutes. You scurrilous thieves. Hey, flattery will get you nowhere. Well, listen, wait a second, what do we do with this piece of junk machine you sold us? Hey, if there was anything good I could have done with that machine, I wouldn't have sold it, you know? Well, listen, I'm coming right down there now. Yeah, time's up, sir. Uh, we're officially out of business. I'll send you a postcard from Mexico. Bye. Well... Fly by night is Tom. You're out your 400 bucks. Oh, brother, what am I going to do? 400 bucks is a lot of bread, you know. Why don't you try doing a dead air break? It's good for a few bucks. You could start somewhere. Mm. Here's a dead air break. You know, Tom, your case is not uncommon. Millions of people every day are duped by business deals through the mail. Yeah, but mine must be some kind of record or something. I mean, 400 clams, man. Well, what's the difference? One, many. Say, as long as this uh, machine is here, why don't we have some fun with it? You don't mean... Yeah. <laughs> Let's get someone on it. Hook them up and see what they're thinking. They're really... You mean what they're really thinking? That's what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, right. Really, yeah. Well, who? Hey, Dusty. What about Dusty the camera? No, 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 Tom. You need someone who can think. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll get it. Well, if it isn't Ken Futzmore, one of our dead air writers. Hi, Tom. Frank, how you doing? Listen, we've been thinking... A few of the writers and I. That's unusual. Ah, well, we feel that we should find a different ending for this show. You think so? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. You see, now that you've made a real point of con con consumerism, we feel it would be anticlimactic to end the show with some buffoonery, like, like putting me on the machine the way the script really reads. Hmm. Well, what's your suggestion, Ken? Okay, here it is. We should do a consumer feedback type of thing, you know what I mean? Hmm. Like, mm -hmm. like with Bob Kernutz. Or better yet, something with Rod McCrutchen. Hey, wait, Ken. Here's Rod now. Hey, Rod. Rod? Uh, hi, guys. I'm leaving for the day. A day of leaving. Oh, listen, Rod. You want to end the show with a poem on spending? Spending? What rhymes with spending? Lending. Bending. All right, I'll just wing it. Wing it, I will.
You sure about this idea, Ken? Guaranteed. You're on, Rod. Music, orchestra. Okay, all right, I've got it. I am a maestro of the mind, but dusty dollars disintegrate my thoughts. I think, therefore I am. And I am thinking of silvery coins that slip through my pockets in perpetual pursuit of poverty. Oh, if I'd have thought how to spend. I spend, therefore I am broke. I buy, but I'm bent on buying joyous junk. Oh, I'm a fader, Mr. Nader. A hopeless, unconscious consumer with no sense and no sense. I am a maestro of the mind, but sneaky centavos seep through my cerebellum. Unfortunate francs fade from my fingers. Millions of marks meander in my marketplace. I've a yen to spend. No thriftster am I. Not a dollar to my credit. Cause I don't know how to buy. Great, bro. That's fantastic. Rod. Okay, Rod. Thank you. Thank you all so long. I'll be seeing you. Okay, Rod. Take it easy, huh? Well, Tom, I hope that this time you've learned your lesson. I mean, watch what you buy and beware of exotic promises when spending your hard-earned dollars. You bet I have. And Ken, you're right. This show has ended with a great moral and real public service neo-educational awareness. But... But... It ended too soon. We're short. Do you think we have time to fit in that skit you were telling us about the other day, Ken? What skit? Oh, the elephant skit, yeah. Oh, the elephant skit. Yeah. What's that? The one about the elephant in India, you know. Oh, oh, that. No, it was Africa. Oh, it's about an elephant who falls in love with a giraffe, right? Oh, not the one where the elephant won't work for his father, so he takes a small paying job instead, marries the giraffe, the giraffe gets sick and dies after they skate twice around the rink at Central Park? No, you're thinking of love story. That was people. In my skit, the giraffe is the man. I'm sorry. Don't be. Liking my scripts is never having to say you're sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. You see, after the elephant dies, the giraffe falls in love with the zebra, right? Yeah. They make love and have a, a baby gazebo. A baby gazebo? That's an offspring of a... Giraffe and a zebra! They build a house 38 feet tall and 10 feet across. And that's where they live. So what's so funny about that? Jokes, all jokes. Got lots of jokes in here. Like when the zebra has dinner guests, and one of the guests turns to the zebra and says, Close the window! There's a giraffe! It's the doorbell. I'll get it. Hey, it's the rest of the riders. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey, listen. Ken's wrong. It wasn't a giraffe and a zebra. It was an anteater and a bowl of chicken broth. No, it wouldn't be funny then. No, it wasn't. If you said... No, I'm sorry. It was the window. There's chicken broth. It wouldn't be funny. It wasn't wrong that way. I'm telling you. Don't tell me. I'm telling you. It was a snake and a piano. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Okay, 
this is Frank Catolo. And I'm Tom Savino. Reminding you that a Canadian Mountie is your friend, and by and by, if you're in trouble and he's on the street and you need help, get it from him. That's what he's there for. That's right, and remember, wherever you go, that's where you are. Don't sell yourself short. Give a penny for your thoughts. And remember, all men were created equal. Especially on Tuesdays. I'm telling you, it was an anteater and a See you next time on Dead Air. Dead Air is a Casino Loop production in association with Demovox Sound Studio, New York.